All right, welcome into another episode of the Fezzik Focus Podcast. I'm AJ Hoffman, joined as always by the only two-time Super Contest winner, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Steve, how are you, my man? I am excellent. Looking slim. No, just less fat. I, that, I mean, that's slim. Uh, you're, you're looking good. You're looking strong. Did you come here directly from the gym? That's later. Oh, so, so headed to the gym from here. Did a little work, dropped my son off at Grandpa's, and we'll hit the we'll hit one of the Harris gyms, you know, subsequently. Yes. Okay. Well, what, what's you know what? Let's just get that out of the way. What's the update on the Wishnev weight loss challenge? All right. So Wishnev has made a move. He's down to two seventy two. So when we started, he was right around three hundred. And I was 230. Okay. So he's at 272. I am, as of this morning, when I awoke, 216.6. So I maintain, well, I have a 55 game or pound lead, if you will. I would I would argue it's higher than that. Oh, I like this. I saw the video that Todd posted of, uh, of his weight. Yes. He appeared to be fully nude. It wasn't a good visual. He wasn't wearing shoes. Mm-hmm. I can't say with certainty that he had shaved his legs, but his legs were hairless. So he's already cutting every possible corner he can on the weight stuff. And then I saw your weigh-in well, video. But that was 221, but that was clothed. Yes. Your your video, you got on the scale fully clothed, shoes, everything. Sweating like a pig. Yeah, and you yeah. said, okay, yeah, here's my number. He posted his number. I, like I said, with all the advantages already, right? But that, but I did the same this morning. The two sixteen point six is, you know, that's just, an accurate. That's number. in boxer shorts. Yes, that's, okay. That, so that's an apples to apples number. You know, it's interesting. I wonder. Did what, you shave your legs? Um, you know, I'm going to disclose this right now. Okay. I shaved my pits. All right. Okay. And so, and I, and I, you shave them like with a razor? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I got to tell you, like. I think, like, now this is interesting because men aren't, you know, don't shave and women do. Okay. And now, like, you know, I'm like, I'm more attractive without hair there. Why doesn't everybody, I'm I'm 100% heterosexual, nothing wrong if you're not. Sure. But for me, it just, like, that looks visually better. And even, I don't know, it, but it's not normal. So I uh, I don't use a razor on mine, but I do use clippers and I trim and trim my pits down to... To nothing to stubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started doing that when, like, in high school when I was wrestling, and I do it for. I did it for jujitsu for a long, and now it's just habit. Like, so I'll just. They would grab your hair. Or no, it every, just it, it gets if it gets caught on something or like it, like on or every one 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 hundredth of a pound matters. To no, make well, weight. no, but it like I worry more about it getting getting caught or pinched or pulled. That's not a comfortable thing. I just think it stinks, you know. Like you got, I would imagine it's it, it's more cleansy, you know. That what's the word? You know, it's more sanitary to not have all that hair that's soaking up all that sweat. So it's inter- It's an interesting uh, because I think the the reason why that hair is there is to trap odor, but that was also at a time when. It was like, you know, there was a time where it was harder to keep your body clean. Mm. Now we've got the advantages of keeping our body clean. We don't need all that. They say the same thing about your uh, your pubic region, or especially with a lady. That used to be a, like, but who wants something that traps all this musk 
now. That, I, it's, that, that sounds terrible. You know, that, that's, a, that's a great point because, yes, it was a filter to keep it from going to the out, outside of you. So I guess so the animals couldn't catch your scent when you were hunting, yes. perhaps. Yes. But now we shouldn't need that because we've come so far in hygiene. Yes. So you're advanced is what I would say. Yeah, I don't think we're going to make any money betting off, off any of this. But That's yeah. okay. Listen, some, and you know what? Let's just skip right into the Fez tale. Let's get, I, didn't, I didn't know we were going to get into armpit hair, but let's skip into the Fez tale and see what you got today. Yeah, so I want to talk about the Tuesday group because it's, it, it, it's illustrative of a really good idea that ultimately got disbanded. And I'm not going to say that it didn't work, but it became outdated. So what the Tuesday group was, great group of guys that we would meet every Tuesday, bunch of sharps, and we'd go over the card for college football and the NFL. And we'd review each game, game by game, go around the table. Everyone would go ahead and add their um, their input regarding that game. What could be better? Wisdom of crowds, right? Sure. And and we had some really, you know, frankly, a spectacular lineup. I mean, Brian Leonard was there, Teddy Covers. Um, a guy nobody knows, Big Richie and his brother Tom. The Bulgers were very, very good at this. Steven Nover was excellent. You know, come in for the NFL, learn about college. Um, my my buddy, the Ada Clubs. Um, Leon was just a tremendous NFL handicapper. And we had some guys that were actually regional guys. So um, one guy from Boston, you know, knew the Patriots really, really well. Um, we had Glenn, who was he, – he knew his bills because he was from Buffalo, Um a good, a good overall group. Even Joe Fortenbaugh, who's since you know has caught on as a San Francisco radio um, host, and you know has the um, the national show now. I think mm-hmm. with Doug Kazarian, you know Joe was on. You know came for a couple years. So ultimately, why don't we meet anymore? Well, what happened? The group in many ways got too big and too cumbersome, and there was people wanted different things out of the group. So. Like advantage player Frank B. I love Frank B. He would come in and he'd talk about, hey, you know, um, Stratosphere's still paying even money on two, 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 two team six point NFL teasers. You know, that's a really an outstanding opportunity. That's, um, you know, he would talk about promotions in town. Hey, they're giving away $5,000 at Arizona Charlie's. You get draw each weekly, you get tickets for, you know, putting in parlays and the like. And that was like the Frank B stuff was the most valuable of all the guys to me. But in but ev- to some people, that would be not. They're to, not interested the in going non- to Arizona Charlie's. They, no, they, all they wanted to do was to get through. Like some people were just journalists. They just wanted to be writing on each and every game, right? And they want to get their newsletters out or whatever. Like, can we move on? Let's get to the next game. Let's talk about Middle Tennessee, you know, and and their chance against North Texas. And you know, one in retrospect, it's easy, but you know, it it became harder and harder to beat the market also. So it wouldn't be unusual that we would go in there on Tuesday. We'd meet for five hours and kind of like this was just at the point where people were starting, this is like 2002, were starting to bring like laptops with them. But, you know, a lot of us would just, you know, show up with our notebooks, you know, and our rotation schedules. Then we'd get out and like if there was a consensus play, oftentimes everybody loved Texas Tech. Well, when we went in, it was minus two. and By the time we got out of there, it was minus three. So people were beating us to the punch already on Tuesday, you know, playing early. Um, and just the fact that you had so, so, many, so many conflicting things in terms of what people wanted to get out of that meeting. It just was so inefficient. And in retrospect, we shouldn't have been going through game by game going. Everyone has to speak on it. It's, it's, it's like, Glenn, what are your three best bets? Teddy, what are your three best bets? And, you know, if you had four, that would be fine. That would have been a much more efficient way to say, hey, here are the games that I believe I, that I bet and I think are misaligned. 
and why. And it would have been a much more efficient group to have done it that way. But people wouldn't have, some people, you know, I proposed that for years and people, you know, were like, well, wait a minute, we've always done it the other way. And I like it better the other way, you know? I don't, now, I don't know if they liked it better because we'd always done it that way or if they truly just liked the completeness of covering every game. And now, uh, when was the last time you guys did this? Yeah, it's been years and years. I think the last time, you know, there was a movie, um, the best of it, gosh darn it. I'm in this movie, Mackenzie, and I can't remember um, what 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 the, which what the, one? So many movies. Can you can you query um, Teddy Covers, Steve Fezzik, um, um, and um, oh gosh, what is his name? The other guy that was the the, the, the star of the movie. Um, it was a Life a, on the Line. Life on the Line. What year? You're, you're so, 2013. And who was the other star with Teddy? The other star. It says that no one really, it, everyone else pales comparison to Steve Fezzik. This is the review I'm reading. I'm, I'm not sure why it says that. It doesn't say uh, that. Jay Cornegay was in there. John Netto. John Netto. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so life on the line. So Netto and, and Teddy were the two stars. And See, it, when I Google life on the line, a John Travolta, Kate Bosworth, Sharon Stone movie shows up. You know, any Sharon Stone uh, movie I would recommend. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, but I'd recommend any Michael Douglas movie. Just you know. fair enough. So 2013 um, was pretty much like we had a, we had a meeting at the Super Bowl. That was kind of like the one the, the last um, dance, if you will, to Sharps all meeting and talking about that because we were just moving all moving in different directions by that point, and it just made sense to me. I was like, well, wait a minute, why don't I just you know meet with Leon? And Frank B. When I can get him, you know, he's kind of a rival, sure. you know, betting with a rival syndicate. Um, you know, talk to Teddy Covers, etc. Um, there's no reason for me to be like spending all day Tuesday, you know, when a lot of the time, you know, just wasn't. Um, pro- it, it was a good usage of time for many, but not for me. Okay, you know? that makes sense. And I mean, d- listen, technology's made things like that easier too. And people would get upset with me. I'd come in and I'd be unprepared for college because I just I was I was like I'm I'm doing the NFL, you know. I'm here to get the college knowledge, and so some people would be like, "Well, you're not really contributing enough in college," and that's fair, except for the fact I'd shown some acumen in the NFL that I think would be more than enough to you know pay your dues. Yes, although to be fair, also Brian Leonard once brought up he's like, you know, Steve, you come in Tuesday and you tell me who you like. And then on, I see your contest picks, and you bet take the opposite side on a game or two. What's going on? And I'm like, Brian, on Tuesday, you get who I like. I mean, three days go by. I do three more days of research. You know, things change. My opinion changes. Injuries change. Everything changes. The lines change. It, it matters. Um, so I think that was part of the, like, most of these guys, I think by Tuesday, they knew who they liked. And on Tuesday, I just told you who I liked on Tuesday. Right. Well, how much? How many of that? How how big did the group grow to at its biggest? We would have like eighteen guys. Where would you guys meet? We would meet Roadrunners, which is the restaurant um, on the west side of town, so Summerlin adjacent, if you will. So, how many of those eighteen guys are you still in touch with? I would say half. Okay. I'd say half. The yeah. half that you want to be? I don't know. If, no, I did no. you lose? Did you lose contact with anybody who was providing you value? Well, Frank B is tremendously valuable as an advantage player, but like I said, he's a comp- he's a competitor, so he's he, he wouldn't want to tell me about a lot of the stuff he's doing because he's so good at it, you know. And he's and he's involved. He does stuff with Anthony Curtis, and he's like an advisor to the advisor to Mattress Mac, and people like make Mattress Mac out to be like this crazed man that's just donking his money away, and they don't realize like on the Super Bowl. 
not only did Mattress Mac get like Tampa Bay plus, you know, three and a half um, the year Tampa Bay won, but he got like all kinds of comps and, and I mean, tremendous amounts of bonuses and things. So Mattress Mac, um, although he does some rogue stuff like betting the Bengals on the money line, that was not... Not a, wise. That was not wise, but that was not what Anthony and Frank recommended he do. So he went against his advisors in that case. So, you know, Frank, Leon, I talk to all the time. He's one of my CFL advisors. He's an NHL person. Um, Joe Fortenbaugh is the guy. He's busy. You know, I'll talk to Joe a couple times a year. So I'll probably text him or, you know, in some way, manner, get, get, get a hold of him maybe five times. Teddy, you know, once a, maybe twice a month, you know, during football season, weekly. Um, Brian Leonard, you know, a few times a year. So I haven't talked to Richie or Tommy. I hope they're okay because, you know, they're, everyone's getting on in age. But, um, and Nover and I had a falling out. You know, I got to tell you this about, you know, Stephen Nover. Um, I suggested he be a proxy, all right? And then he was like, all right, I'm being a proxy. Can you can you text it out? And I, I can't recall all the details and situations surrounding it. But I said, basically, yeah, I can, I can do that. I just need to get the okay, you know, from RJ. And, and at the time, I don't know. I wasn't able to get a hold of RJ for or whatever. I don't recall even the specifics, but it didn't happen. And so all of a sudden, Nover's like, oh, don't want to share information with you. Couldn't help me out with this proxy thing. And it's like, I, I was just like, okay, so we'll both be worse NFL handicappers because I didn't help build your proxy business. And that's still, is there still, an, uh, like you haven't, haven't talked, talked it outside? Haven't talked to him since. Oh, that's a shame. If you we'll need a good, if you need a good, pro- yeah, we need to fix that. And if you need a good proxy, um, I hear Kelly in Vegas does a tremendous job. Uh, all right. Let you mentioned who was the guy who mentioned was one of your good CFL guys? Nover's an excellent handicapper. I don't know why he's so crazy about things like that. Well, that's all right. Listen, everybody's got their quirks. If it was his pod, I'm sure he'd talk about Fezzik promised to promote my podcast and then he <laughs> fucked me over. So <laughs> would be his story. And he refused to do it. Who did you say was your CFL guy? Um now I have three CFL guys now. So I Well let's up, get into CFL. Let's because talk. it sounds like you I mean that that's coming and now you've you've got three guys all working on this. So Leon has been my the Ada Clubs has been my lifetime CFL expert that I've gotten his picks forever, all right? So I've got a, a new guy who will remain um, whereabouts unknown. Okay. He, he's anonymous, but he's extremely sharp, and he contacted me, and he said, boy, you know, the CFL stuff, I beat this all the time. And I'm like, well, we should work together. So I'm in contact with him. I have no formal contract or anything, but I am getting his selections, and I am utilizing them in my information. And so I'm very optimistic about that. Okay. And third person, Ian Cameron, who is from Canada and has been a guy that CFL has been one of his primary sports forever. You know, I do this. I I don't think any other handicapper does this, but I have no problem saying this. I buy people's picks. I absolutely buy people's picks because if I can make myself better. Now, I prefer to swap and share information like I do with Brad Powers. You know, Brad Powers is having a tremendous NBA season in the playoffs. Tremendous. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. And and I'm sure I will have some tremendous college football. I'm sure you will. Selection plays, but like Brad, you know, it's interesting. My NBA record's 26 and 12. And I think that's what Brad Powers record is on his NBA leans that he gives out. Well, almost uh, it's like identical. Pretty strong. You guys are right in step. And I'm sure Let's just say I hope Brad Powers has a tremendous college football season. I'm sure that he will. Because it will certainly correlate somewhat, you know, (laughs) probably like, I would say maybe 
maybe a third of my picks will be okay. stuff you know that 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 he endorses. So working together, bottom line is put your you put your differences apart, and if anybody knows Nova, have them get a, get a hold of me and have them bury the hatchet, and let's maybe let's you start. You should send working. a text after this podcast. Yeah. Be the bigger man. I'm doing just fine in the NFL. Okay. <laughs> doing just fine. Yes. Could always do better. I could always do better. Yeah, every, everybody can. Yes. You know, I, I will I will do so. What a, I will do what a guy. So. And I and Nover, I know, is a WNBA expert also. So, well, and which, I, I hear he's doing very well. We'll so. get into that here in a minute. But CFL. You, Nover, you, by all accounts, great guy. Yep. This is a. Not a big gambler, great guy. CFL is a very beatable market in your mind. Yes, very much so. And, you know, it's interesting. Lots of changes. I love changes. Changes are supposed to help us win. Lots of rules changes in the CFL. Um, you can't be close to a guy returning a punt or it's a 15-yard penalty. Um, the hash marks got moved together. It's going to make the field available to the left and the right more. And you can get an extra five yards of field position um, after every score because they're moving the ball forward. The XFL had favorable kickoff rules that helped scoring. Uh, correction, the USFL had that this year. So the CFL copied that. So scoring will go up. But you know what? The markets are well aware of it. The average total, 47.5. So these totals are high, very high compared to what they were in the past. So let's keep an eye, close eye on what happens week one with the scoring. And, of course, everyone knows the CFL. It starts this week. Uh, USFL, I mean, I know we've kind of we've kind of picked at you here about the – you can't eat closing line value, things like that. At what point do you say, okay, I've got, I, I mean, obviously the season's coming to an end, but you say, I got to stop putting my time into this because it's not profitable. This week, I'm, I'm, I'm six and 16. All right. Let's contrast that. In the big dance, I was 11 and three. Um, I'm in the NFL draft, eight and one. All right. Um, NBA playoffs, 26 and 12. And I'm six and sixteen, and I swear every one of my plays was at or beat the market or clobbered the market. So the ultimate final um, uh, death spiral was the Michigan Panthers and Jeff Fisher plus four. Yeah, they close one and a half. Fuck you, Michigan. They lose by 22 to the Philadelphia Stars. Never in the game. Does this feel like? I mean, I'm I'm asking this as someone who genuinely wants to know, not to like poke at you about it. Does this tell you more about yourself or more about that this market just does? There's not. This isn't a smart market. They don't. They, no one knows what's going to happen. I think. I think that it's not a smart market is a good point. That like in the NFL, when a line moves from four to two. You have to respect that. Yes, but I think that it doesn't take much money to move a spread from four to two. And also, there aren't very many serious syndicates actually betting this stuff such that all it takes is one guy with a, a strong opinion that says, I like this. And then the copycats come in and they release some stuff. And the people, obviously, everyone's, it's all followers here for the most part, because why is the line going from four? It's four all week long. Actually, it's not true. So it's like five and a half all week long, but it's four most of the week. And then you blink on game day, and it goes down to one and a half. All right, that can't be people who are doing their own work. Because right. if they did their own work, they would have bet the plus five, sure. not the plus two, that um, drives it to one and a half. Um, I it'd be easy for me to just say, hey, you know, poker players all the time they get all in with jacks against an ace king offsuit. You know what they call that? They call that a coin flip. Yeah. You know what a blackjack player calls that? 
a tremendous advantage play at 55% or whatever it is. Might be 54.5. Look it up. Mackenzie, can you run that um, pocket jacks against an ace-king offsuit? I want it. I think it's like 54.5% um, because you block some straights, and it's hard to make a straight with an ace-king anyways. But um, you see where I'm going. One yeah. side says, says coin play, a professional sports player says 54.5%, great bet. Any poker player can tell you he'll he goes six and sixteen in these coin flips all the time because every single poker player I've ever seen runs bad, always. So no more interest in the, what? How many games are left? Four there, games two, or three games? There, there's um, eleven games left. There's two more weeks and then there's the playoffs. And you're out. I'm 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 not out, but the amount of time I'm going to devote. I, at some point, when you're not, you know, fully um, invested, but when, when you're not showing profits. It just doesn't make time. It doesn't make sense for me to use my client time on handicapping on something that I've been that unsuccessful with. And I will say, you know, what the bad beat on all this is is the poor circa. The poor circa's got to be shaking their heads because I've beaten the hell out of circa betting the USFL. But the problem is I'm betting their openers. Right. And when I bet it, it moves two points. So it's true I lost with Michigan plus seven against Circa this week. But, like, after like the last three weeks I played, like, almost every over at open. But I play, like, over 41, and then it's, like, goes to 44. You know, it doesn't do me any good. I can't give out over 44 to my clients when I played over 41, right. et, et, et cetera. So. so it looks like here Jack-Jack 57.1%. Uh, and Ace King off forty two point six, and you'll tie oh, about maybe. 0.4 percent so of the time. Shows my poker games off. So Mackenzie, can you redo that with suited Ace King? So it, it shows the fact that it's it, it's fifty seven percent, and like I said, most poker players would say that's ah, it's a race, it's a coin flip. Fifty four forty six at that point. Okay, so that's what I was remembering that it was actually a suited Ace King. So so it shows the power. Of a, of a couple blockers that that ace king is only sure. going to beat you um, not with a straight more than likely but they're going to have to go ahead and you know flop a big card and fade a jack on top of it you know because if a jack comes they're dead. But it is funny that we I mean people always call that a coin flip and it's it's not a yes. coin flip. <laughs> I mean it's just, it's just not. Uh, we haven't been doing this Fez but we got to take care of some business here uh, pregame.com. And let everybody know that we well first of all, let's 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 do the fun stuff first. It's a contest, an MLB contest. Five hundred dollars for first place in the free MLB All-Star five hundred contest. That's five hundred dollars cash money, dollar bills. Who authorized it? Uh, I think I you know what I would say RJ, I don't think he did. I think it was probably Mary or Tom. But the contest is running through the MLB All-Star Game. 50 minimum picks, 100 maximum picks, most net profit wins, 500 cash, and it's free to enter. What do the pros call that when it's free to enter and you can win real cash money? Free roll. A free roll, friends. Sign up at pregame.com and join the action today. And when you're there, take a look at all the great stuff we got going. And you're going to see something you like. Chances are good. Use the promo code from this pod, Focus 20, F-O-C-U-S-2-0. That's going to be 20% off anything you see. So you might say, well, what if I want uh, a daily package? Okay, you get that, 20% off. What if I want to do a, a long-term package? Even better. Boom, 20% off. And it, there's it, you can get, do right now the rest of 2022. All sports, all access to your favorite pro for nearly seven months for less money than the normal six-month all-access. So the normal six-month is nine ninety-five. Rest of 2022 right now available 
for $8.95, but you'll only pay $7.16 when you use that code FOCUS20. So you pay less, you get more. And a ton of winning pros here through 2022. Uh, Andre Gomes has had a fantastic 2022. Fezzik right behind him. Good fellas in there. So McKenzie's had a great start to 2022 as well. A lot of pros. Whoever you're into, whatever, whoever does the sports you like, Maybe you've got a you know maybe you've got a guy that you've been loyal to for years. You, you want to stick with him. Whoever it is, twenty percent off. Come on, man, twenty percent off. Steven Nover, like an excellent choice. Also, look at you. Look at you. You're saying, you know what? Let's let's wipe it all away. Let's wipe the slate clean. I endorse Steven Nover. Look at that. He is a fine handicap. All you got to do. Use that code FOCUS20, apply the coupon to your shopping cart, confirm your discount before checkout, and boom, there you are. You're a happy man at pregame.com. All right, WNBA we mentioned briefly. You're off to a good start. Yeah, I'm 5-1, and one, and you know sometimes you need the, the difference between having a great year and a good year can be just the ball bouncing. I'll use an example. So last night, it was a great play. I played Washington, and they're hosting Chicago, and Washington's best player, Elena Deldon, is like MVP candidate. She's fantastic. And Washington's styling out there. They're up five. They're cruising. Everything's going well. Did you watch this game? Just smidgets. Smidgets. There was parts. a finals game on last night. So I watched both. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm, yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm, well, this is why you watch the WNBA game. Fair enough. And I'm like, what's this? Where is Deladon? The third quarter's going. Nope. And then I get the alert. Elena Deladon is not playing in the second half. No explanation. Now, she missed the, uh, the, the previous game, but she didn't have, like, a, a specific injury. It was more like a rest type of thing. Okay. So why is my MVP not on the court for the Mystics? And, but Washington has an a, their inspired third quarter. They get up double digits, and then they barely hang on. So they win by two. I have them on the money line. I cash. But it just goes to show, like, everyone's watching the NBA Finals. If you were watching the WNBA in live betting, you are going to bet the Chicago Sky plus seven in the third quarter because the Sky are obviously better than Washington when they don't have their MVP candidate on the court. Right. And who was supposed to be playing, who suddenly, who did play and didn't play the second half. At what point did you know that she wasn't going to play in the second half? Not until, like, Til- two, two minutes in the third quarter. I'm like, where is she? So it wasn't What's a bet. Oh, so only a live betting That's opportunity. No, nothing like you could have made it halftime saying, hey, this is what's going to happen. And, and I don't know when the alert came. I can't recall when the alert came over, but I was, I didn't see the alert, frankly. And I just, I just was aware when, you know, by watching the, you know, and, and that's, and that's the difference. Like in, in an NBA game, if Anthony Davis suddenly isn't playing, everyone's aware of it right away. But in a WNBA game, that's not the case. And, you know, you're, you hear us talking about CFL, USFL, WNBA. These are all similar in that they're beatable markets. But it's also, once the NBA and the NHL get over, it's not a lot to bet on until football starts up. Yeah, the dog days of summer hit, and all of a sudden you've got two golf leagues now to play. You've got, which is good. Um, Although you can't play LIV in all states yet, they oh it, ha- it has to be uh, vetted by each state. Have, has Nevada not approved? Nevada it? has not. What the what is going on? It's eh, like good it's question. like it's like really yeah really that they're, they're, they're that concerned that there might be irregularities in the Arabian Golf League or but whatever. Arizona has approved. So if you want to make that oh drive. great so more 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 more. <laughs> Six dollars a gallon trip exactly. to, go, to, to to go up and over the dam 
Which, uh, you, you know, there's guys that, like, like the crack man does that. You know? Every day, right? He, uh, all, often. He's, he's traveling all the time. That, um, so think about this. He's got every p- possible out in Nevada, the sports betting capital world. He's not kicked out of any like you? He is, he is in more places than I am. Okay. I know he can still bet. He told me he bet against the Golden Nuggets. So the Golden Nugget welcomes his action. And so that's... What about South Point? Um, I'm sure he can bet at the South Point because he does that VEASAN show there. So the Same. fact that he goes in there means that... But that's probably why he still can bet, although that didn't do Scotty Kellen any favors. <laughs> Scotty Kellen, Six Sense Sports, is um, a guy that was you know, a guest on the show at, on VEASAN right there in the studio. And he's like, oh, yeah, they told me I can't play anymore. So the, so the South Point, Jeez. you know, they beat their chest and they're like, oh, you know... You, you, and even in Chris Andrews' book... Sorry, Chris, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Like, your book talks about, like, throwing people out and, like, and, and like oh, we, we, we don't throw people out. We, we don't bar people. But, well, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the South Point business model changed in the past 12 months since the books got published. All right? Because there's, like, let, let me put it this way. If, um, if Scotty Cohen, who is doing your radio show as a guest, is not being allowed to play, imagine what's happening to the real pros that are beating the hell out of you. You know, I and I've, I, I'm corresponding with them, and they've and they're like, why are they allowed to get away with this? I'm I've been like limited to the point where I can barely play, or I've been kicked out, or my app has two hundred dollar limits on it. And so South Point, like, if if you're a sucker and you don't know what you're doing, you can bet pretty big there. I just don't understand the idea that because RJ talks about this all the time. Is as a better, you have the option to to play or pass. Mm-hmm. As as the sports book, you have the option to put whatever you want out and make it available. If you don't like that someone's playing a certain thing, why bar the player instead of making that uh, that particular prop or whatever it is unavailable? I mean, it, it doesn't seem like rocket science to me. Well, how would you handle parlay cards? So you put out this this parlay card that's easily beatable, but the suckers are going to lose at like 25 30% ROI. But I'm going to beat it for ten percent, and I come in and I play ten of them against you. It, it, you. You have to ask yourself, just like any other business, is it profitable? In the aggregate, it's profitable, but it's more profitable when I can't play. <laughs> but I mean, like, unless of course you piss me off to the point that I'm going to send ten of my buddies or tweet to my sixty thousand <laughs> followers to play game thirty-four, sixty-eight, and one twelve plus seven and a half plus ten and a half and plus three and a half is the best bet against the South Point for a three-teamer that pays. You know, you could do that. Five and a half for for one. So you could do that. that w- I would think that that they'd probably get like about a hundred of those instead of ten. But you know that's that's hey you know it's up to them. Well, I, I, we're going to get into the NBA and some NFL stuff first. So I want to I want to talk NFL, but I want to talk about you've got beef with the way that fantasy football podcasts are doing their business too. Yeah, you know I really think these guys because I listen to some um, USFL podcasts and these guys just are not getting it. You know they they think that they're doing a podcast to their USFL fantasy football league, you know, talking about all these running backs and wide receivers. No one knows who these guys are. All right. I understand. I get it. You're eight geeks that you're like in your aquarium, all understand who every single one of these guys is. All right. Sure. But for God's sakes, there's people out there that just trying to make money betting and they're listening to you. Can you please tell me, you know, the new Orleans quarterback, you know, um, is a slaughter and, and just, just always say the team, the position 
and the um, and then the player and then discuss it just to give context to who the heck you're talking about. You know, say Birmingham's running back, Scarborough, they picked him up week five. You know, just how hard is it to give someone that, that to, because otherwise you're just speaking in, in, in Ukrainian. I mean, I can't, I can't understand what these guys are saying. And, and it's even worse in the NFL. And RJ is really good with his national show where if you start trying to do a prop bet on somebody, he'll be, be like, whoa, slow down. Irv Smith, who is he? Who does he play for? What position does he play for? Okay, you're playing him over 38 and a half reception yards. You know, you, like, like make it clear. I always say so a fifth grader can understand. I do this with the hitman all the time. He'll send me a text, and it's like I got to decipher it because it's like it's in fantasy football, and it's, it's like I need – I don't care how obvious it is, all right? I need Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott to throw under two and a half touchdowns, you know? Give me the team. Give me the play. Give me the, the position. Give me the player. Make it obvious so even a third grader could get it right. I don't necessarily disagree, but I think that these guys feel like they're talking to people in their circle, and I, I think if like if we had to if if we stopped in the middle of every pod to break de- like to explain what a parlay is or something, people would be like, "What the hell." You know, our people, the people who listen to this would be like, why are we doing this? Back to the Tuesday group, the trade-off of you've got this big right. audience and, and people want different things. But I will say um, that and maybe there should be two pods. Maybe there should be like an advanced pod for everyone who is like a high-level fantasy football. And really anyone that's in three leagues is going to know every one of the players because they right. get ready for their draft and, and, and they know all the skill position players for every team. But um, I think the average betters, that absolutely is not the case of. And since the average better is betting on all these players, if it's a betting, um, if, it's, if it's a betting podcast, I think you've got to really explain it. If it's just a fantasy football pod, I'm okay with, you know, going in and just skipping and just throwing out the names and saying, you know, the Mullers Lee may or may not play even though no one knows who the heck I'm talking exactly. about. All right, let's get into some NFL, some real football, and something we noted when we did the radio show uh, together, and then now, it's, it, I mean, it's its really fascinating the way that this is, is moving. We talked about the Browns and Deshaun Watson, and we talked about that number was going to free fall. And I said at the time, oh, nine, The season win. The yeah, the season win for the win uh, for the Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns, not the Bears. Deshaun Watson may or may not be their quarterback this year, and we think that we think he won't be. And 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 we think Baker Mayfield will move on to different pastures. Yeah, and that leaves Jacoby Brissett for, for as long as he can stay healthy. Yes. So who's it, who's, who's next? Mackenzie, can you look up who's next on the death chart? Is it? For it? Yeah. So yeah, the, the Browns. I, even when we were talking about the other day, it had moved from ten to nine and a half, and I said, "Man, nine and a half seems still like it's really juicy." Well, that's moved even further now as more and more stuff comes out about Deshaun Watson, and the, the NFL's upset. They feel like they've been lied to. Uh, this New York Times article really damning. And it, listen, I, I'm a big believer that. This. Joshua Dobbs, by the way. Oof. oof. Pittsburgh Steeler guy? Tennessee? The very same. Um, but I, I believe that the New York Times didn't spend the last six months digging into this for this one story that they put out. Mm. I think there's more stuff coming. I, I think that I, – I, here's what I think the, the most damning thing is because what we always hear is – 
these women are, it's a money grab. You're looking for a reason not to believe these women. What that New York Times story did was talk to women who have not been involved in the lawsuit, who are saying, this happened to me. I don't want to deal with all the trouble that comes from the lawsuit, but this is my story. I'm under the under anonymity. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to no, be public with no this. No desire to make a penny off it. Of There's of this. no gain, and this they're telling the same story as all these other women. That is the nightmare scenario, not only for Deshaun but for the Cleveland Browns. Well, because I, I think they may feel that that they have potentially some of these women that are remaining silent by the letter of the law committed. Some in, in an illegal act, right? They, yeah. So yeah. that would explain why they would not be eager to get involved with this if they entered into this um, situation and it was almost became like, um, well, I mean, well, pro- and it, providing and it, a service for for a fee, right? Yes. And it's starting to feel like the Browns took a gamble on Deshaun. That not listen, not not everybody was willing to. There there were a handful of teams that said, you know what, we're interested. There were, that means there were a handful of teams that said no thanks. The Browns said, "Okay, this is the risk. This is the reward. Risk being, he may have a, some sort of a suspension. He may uh, there there will be some negative PR. I think that was a given. I think that they didn't realize how bad the PR would get. And now there may be long term percussions in terms of the extra added pressure on him. You, you, you don't think there'll be some trash talking with from his without opponents, and even in the own locker room, people are like, hey, that's that guy. That's you know, yes. he, he kind of likes this, you know. Mm. And not I, that there's anything wrong with that, or maybe there is something wrong with it. You know, if 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 you conduct yourself in a certain way, I don't know. You, there was some weird things in that article. Yes, some weird stuff that he's into. That like you, if you worked with fifty-one other guys, you probably wouldn't want them to know those things about you. And if if and if I had to, if I had to play in a city, you know, there's probably some cities that would be more um, accepting of it than other cities. Sure, like it's probably good that he's not in Texas anymore. I'm, I, I'm a, from a guy that's from Texas. Am I correct there? I think you're probably correct. Yes. So it looks like the Browns gambled and lost. Mm-hmm. And I think this the the penalty at a minimum is this season. So bets you, you had to had to have made if you haven't made them already is week one. You should have bet Carolina plus three and a half or more under forty three and a half because he's he's almost for certain going to be suspended. Division well, if Cleveland's not going to win the division, and we think the Bengals might be a little overvalued with a tough schedule, that leaves Baltimore. Yeah, if you assume the Ravens, I mean, most people thought last year if the Ravens had stayed healthy, they they still could have been the best team in the division. Exactly. So you know, Lamar Jackson on the contract, you know, you've got to worry about him. You know, p- potentially, you know, that being a distraction. But I think the Ravens two to one certainly is, is a bet. You know that you know to, to to look to make, and of course the Cleveland under the nine and a half season wins still shop around. See, I'm sure someone you know still has that. So and you can even go the ancillaries. Maybe some books have like. Well, what'd you say? Circa is now at nine with yeah. added juice if you want. Minus under. fifteen to the under, yeah. And maybe maybe That's not I'm, sure. It's minus one twenty five to the over. Oh, okay, minus one twenty five. Oh, okay, over. I miss I misspoke then. Um, I'm I'm like betting so many different things at once. So <laughs> and look at matchups like like Cleveland against somebody else potentially. You know, Battle of Ohio. You know, pick them. Who's going to win more games? Well, we now we like the Bengals. Things like that. So, it, but it is funny, and and it feels like it's moving. It feels like it's moving quickly if you're if you're outside of it. 
but it I mean there, there's still time on these things. It, like, it's it, amazing how slow the bad news stuff, especially when it hasn't been announced yet, moves seems to move so slow. And there will be square balls out there that literally the day that he's suspended, you'll see a free fall on that. Yes. And it's like we already knew that was gonna happen. That was already built in, that's already baked into the Browns number. It was ten. You know, and I gotta say, you know, the value of having good friends. You know, I'll 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 I'll, I'll say it like like at some point I'm making so many bets it's like mm, gonna be gonna be difficult to make many more bets you know because I don't have an unlimited bankroll and you know I I talked to to Crackman you know which I I do you know, I'd say a couple times a week and I said boy this Cleveland under ten is really good um, and he's like he's like oh, don't worry about that I'll get us down. So he goes and bets 5K for us, you know. Against Very nice. Guys. So, boom, you know, we're, we're in, you know. One of the other season win totals that is catching your interest, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, the Niners are still at 10. There's been, like, like it, by all reports, we expect Jimmy G to get jettisoned, but he hasn't yet. And I think that that is what's holding it at 10. Because if Jimmy G, and listen, I don't think much of Jimmy G. Like, I, I think he's a serviceable guy. I think their roster is really good. But I think if if Jimmy G is there, 10 feels like a good number. It's, and because there's a, I, I think there's a less than zero chance that they can't move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and they say, you know what, it's in our best interest for this season to go with him again. So McKenzie won't like this. So I'm doing a contingent best bet here. The second that Jimmy G gets shipped someplace, we're playing the Niners under 10. We're going to wait, all right? And then you're going to have a you're going to have a window of opportunity. So when Jimmy G gets traded, uh, we're going to put bet Trey Lance under 10 wins. McKenzie, you disagree your thoughts. You guys have not been listening to trainer uh the training camp in San Francisco all love for Trey Lance. He's been doing great. Everybody says so. Okay. What would they say after giving up seven first-round picks? <laughs> or whatever, all right, all right. whatever Let's it was. do a bet right now. Let's do a bet right now. I'll take over 10. You'll take under 10. Let's go 3K. Done. Done. Wow. Done. That's a that's the biggest bet ever on the Fezzik Focus pod. Look at that. Well, now you don't even want to wait for the contingency plan on, on this one. Not if I get even money. But, okay. to, but to be fair, McKenzie's a sharp cookie. Now, now this is interesting. There's varying differences in opinion. I, against the Westgate this morning, I bet San Fran under 10 plus 110. So I'm actually getting 10 cents worse. But then again, somebody just texted me that he wants, he says, I want to play San Fran under 10. And he gave, quote, some horrible minus fig. So it's, got to, it's all over the board, McKenzie. Is that correct? I'm looking at minus 120 right now at DraftKings. My, that, that, to the under, so yeah, it's okay. all over the board. Okay, so he must have been looking at the DraftKings number, yes. And I know Circa was 10 flat when I looked at it this morning. So there's, you know, volatility in the opinions of the 49ers. Maybe people are listening to the McKenzie podcast, um, you know, and he's bullish on the 49ers. But, I, I mean, it, I mean, it, I think it's reasonable that both guys here think that 10 at even money is a fair number. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, if, I, that, I think that's that's what the market because McKinsey certainly leans that way. You certainly lean to the under. So if you're both paying no vig on it, that's a that's a good that's a good a good day. All right, let's talk about. We're recording this on Thursday. Game three of the finals was last night. A convincing win for the Celtics, and it was. A, kind of the opposite to me of game one. And game one felt like the Warriors were just way better. The Warriors looked better for the entirety of the game. And in the last 10 minutes, 
the Celtics ran away with it. Hmm. And it was like, wow, that's that's uh, enough. Made their threes. Yeah, it was it was just an odd result. Yeah. If you watched the entire game and you saw the final score, you'd say, well, that's not indicative of the game. This game ends up being a blowout, and there will be people who say, well, it was it was real tight with you know a couple minutes or you know a few minutes left. Well, yeah, but it wasn't a close game. No, it was a it was a game dominated by the Celtics with the exception of about a 10-minute run in the third quarter where the the Warriors were just incredible, including... Well, it really was a 24-second run when the Warriors punched in a touchdown and kicked the extra point and got a seven-point possession. A seven-point possession, which is pretty incredible. Do we have any any data on that, Mackenzie? When was the last time? Was there ever an eight-point possession? in the? I'm sure there was, there was with like a double t- or a triple technical or something, but what's, what's the most a team's ever scored on a possession? I'm in, looking into it. But... This game felt like the right team won and the right team won convincingly. And maybe the thing that is scary about it is in a lot of these games, it's okay, the Warriors shoot 40% from three, the Celtics shoot 30% from three. You know what happens. Right, but that hasn't been the case. This This game, Warriors shoot 37.5%. Celtics shoot 37.1. Yes. Uh, field goal percentage, the Warriors shoot 46.2. Celtics shoot 48.3. Turnovers, 17 to 12. The, the, the Warriors had more turnovers. The Celtics have been, they've been turnover prone mm-hmm. in these playoffs, but the Warriors are almost always turnover prone. So the Warriors having a, a minus five in turnovers isn't crazy. The rebounding edge and the physicality, it's minus 16 on the boards the Warriors were. The dreaded eye test. Didn't it just feel like Boston was the better team out there and the like and, and it was a little bit quirky and Golden State's great in the third quarter. You have the numbers on that where basically almost half of their over over this all these playoff run that they've had, half of their point differential was plus in the third quarter. And you had said we should bet the third quarter, and I was like, You gotta lay one and a half with a with a three and a half point underdog. I'm not laying one and a half. The market knows about it. Well, it happened again. They dominated the the third quarter and got crushed in the other three quarters. So at some point, you just say, the hell with this. I'm never betting against Golden State in the third quarter. Now, to be fair, they didn't get crushed in the second quarter. That was a one-point quarter. Mm 35-34, the Celtics won that quarter. They did get crushed again in the first, which is where the Celtics have been really good. And they got crushed in the fourth. And the the crushed in the fourth points in two directions. One is... And RJ and I talked about this on SOV yesterday. Why don't people trust the Celtics? And it's because the Celtics don't feel like they're a team that's got a go-to guy who can close out a game. That that's been kind of the bugaboo for them is they don't have that they don't have that closing instinct. They did last night. The other thing is the what you see here is the Warriors need four full quarters of Steph Curry mm. dominating. To be to com- compete, and, and now he's not a hundred percent. Now he's banged up. There were thoughts that, well, if somebody besides Steph can step up, the Warriors can can really get, hit hit something here. Well, last game three, Clay played really well. Andrew Wiggins played really well. Yep. Steph played really well. They still lost by sixteen points, and all of this is happening. That's why there were sixty nine points in the second quarter? So all of this continues to happen. With Jason Tatum being okay, yeah, I, I mean, he, like 
Jason Tatum's been, I don't think he's been a negative to the team, but he's not playing like a first-team All-NBA guy. So if if through three games your superstar has been okay, the Warriors superstar has been incredible, now he's banged up. <laughs> like what hope do you have if you like the Warriors here? You better hope that Steph gets some, some magical um, medical practice. Um, Procedure because if he's not a full hundred percent, yeah. I mean, the, the, even the eye test. You're looking at Marcus Smart. He's just like I can take over this game. Yeah. You know, you're looking at even at like the savvy Al Horford has a nice open 15 footer. Bang! Spots this guy wide open on the wing for the yeah. three. He's Al making Horford, the right decisions. Al Horford made some terrible decisions defensively, particularly in that run where the where the yeah. Warriors caught back up, but. I mean, you're getting more out of Al Horford than you could have expected. You're getting more. I, I think last night you got more out of Robert Williams than you could have expected, yeah. given what he's looked like in the first two games. You say, oh, this guy can barely get around. Last night, he, I mean, he was he was incredible. So I think Boston wins this series like 70% of the time now. Some, some long, but, but the market agrees with me. That it's funny. Be any good. Because last night, or, or before the game last night, I said, whoever wins this game there's going to be the reaction on Thursday that the series is over. Either the Warriors yeah. got back home court advantage and they're just going to they're going to do what the Warriors do or the Celtics win again and the Warriors can't they can't catch back up because they they can't uh, keep the home court. And I said that's silly because I still th- I still think these two teams are very even. But if there's any question about Steph's health these two teams being even is it's it's not even close to now, true. Now Boston's better current odds. Boston sixty seven percent chance to win. Boston minus two twenty. Take back one ninety. Shop around. There's solid variance, you know, with all of those numbers. But um, look at the zigzag. We're not zigzagging, so we're looking at Boston was three and a half, and I saw threes right before close in game three, and now we're looking at fours. All right, so what the market's saying is we're not buying Steph as healthy. We're, forget the zigzag. Boston's the better team, and we're not we're not going to invest in, in a Golden State team that doesn't have a healthy Steph. And now we don't have the three days off. And, and that hurts. It's, yeah. it's one day off, and then they play on Friday. That's ridiculous. We've been taking five days off between games, and now when Steph <laughs> gets banged up, we got to play again? Didn't they plan this? I mean, what? come on. Um, and you know what? Kudos to, to RJ and, and McKenzie both. Uh, who both liked the under on Draymond Green last night. It, Draymond Green has been, it, he's just been bad in this series. And Can we play him over four and a half fouls? <laughs> is is that, is that a, an available prop? Because no. I feel like it's safe. Yes. Uh, the, the only downside would be if he gets a technical foul before he gets those numbers and gets booted. But yeah, it's six, six fouls, well, Draymond two points. goes a distance. It's like an MMA fight. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, a disappointing series for him. And McKenzie, I'll get your thoughts on this. Thinking about what people thought about Jordan Poole coming into the playoffs and through the Denver series, would you say Jordan Poole's been a disappointment in these playoffs? Oh, my God. In the in these playoffs? No, he's been a revelation. No one knew that Jordan Poole existed you know, three months ago, and he's scoring 18 points a game. He's kind of exposed in this series. He's a bad defensive player, and the Celtics are – are so varied in their offense that you can't really have them out there that often. Steve Kerr is realizing that, playing him less. And that's why you saw his point uh, over under drop, even though he scored 17 in game two, it went from 15 and a half to 12 and a half, because like, they're not going to play him that much. 
But in these playoffs, you take it all into account. He's he's an asset for the Warriors that they didn't know they had a month ago, two months ago. Okay, uh, that's fair. It, it's felt like since that Denver series, it's just been Jordan Poole. Like after all the love that he got, he's been kind of just a guy. He appears to be an excellent regular season guy. Maybe maybe he, you know he'd fit right in with Phoenix. You know that like. I, I mean, he. I think he peaked after the Denver series, yes, and now his stock is starting to, to slip greatly. Well, he. I mean, he's, he struggled at the end of the Memphis series, certainly, after a pretty good start. But, yeah, I, I don't know that he's the third splash brother, which is kind of what everybody was mm-hmm. hyping him up to be. And, and McKenzie's right. I think in this series, he's just. He, it's hard to have him on the floor. And I think that's why we saw a lot more Otto Porter last night uh, when, when they had to take one of the starters off the floor. Usually it was Porter getting those minutes. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. And this is so, as someone who was back in the Warriors, who thought the Warriors were the better team coming in. I, I'm I'm having a hard time seeing a path for them right now. An obscure movie quote: "Don't shoot the porter; he might have the CD." What movie am I talking? I've about? I've got no idea. This is this like give no chance because this is like a very obscure movie. Yeah, I would imagine one out of fifty people listening to the pod. Now nah, I go one out of thirty. Know what I'm talking? McKenzie, about. you got it. Google doesn't know. Don't shoot the CD. Don't shoot the porter. He might have the CD. I just Googled that exact quote, and and there's no response. So this is very obscure. Okay, so it's Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. <laughs> of course. Steven Seagal, and they're, they're, they need the CD to, like, basically take control of a satellite that can destroy the world. And um, the porter winds up with the CD. And you can't shoot him because— Don't shoot the porter! You, yeah, like, like you, you might, might harm the CD, like, but the bullet going through him. Yes. Fair enough. Sorry. Okay, uh, last thing we want to get to before—, before uh, Great movie, by the way. Is it a great movie? <laughs> the second one. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't believe that to be true. So you didn't think the first one was good? Uh, I thought—is the, the first one the one where uh, Erica Leniak comes out of the cake? Yes. That part was good. The rest of it, I'm, I'm, I'm. She ultimately did not win the weight loss challenge against no, Todd. Oh boy, <laughs> she did not. Poor girl. Sorry, Erica. Yeah, she really had it going for a while. There was a movie called Chasers. Mm. Uh, it was like Tom Berenger and and uh, they were a couple of naval officers who were. She was a prisoner and they were transporting her. And one of the naval officers ends up banging her, and it's like pretty hot scene. Mm-hmm. She looks incredible. If you search her out now, <laughs> time is a cruel bitch. Time is a cruel bitch. Todd is looking better. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 34% under Siege 2. Is that good? That's not good. Really? Yeah, sorry. Mm. Well, I mean, hey, listen, that's personal taste, though, right? There's a, you know, there's a line from that movie where they had, like, the mad scientist guy. And he's like, they talk about it's a fertilizer plant, and he's like, it's not, it's not really a fertilizer plant in China. It's actually a nuclear arms plant. They pretend it's a fertilizer plant. They pretend, and we pretend like we don't know, but we do know. China pretends they don't know that we know, but they know. And then there's a pause, and he says, "Everyone knows." How is it that you know multiple quotes from Under Siege Two: Dark Territory? <laughs> uh, you might be the only person I know. You've like. It was, I was hoping that Eric. And uh, by the way, I want everybody to know there's no laptop in front of Steve right now. This is all off the head. I was hoping that Erica would appear in the second movie, but uh, no. My buddy, the Midnight Cowboy, loved loved 
both the under siege. He, he he loved he loved the guy. Remember the Somalian guy when he says, "I'm the captain now." That's uh, Captain Phillips. Yeah, well, he stole that from Under Siege One when the when the guy took over, you know, and put the cap on from uh, and, uh, and Under Siege. Except, except Captain Phillips is a true story. <laughs> the Under Siege Two is not a true story. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to blow up Honolulu, and like they only take out one of the two missiles, and like and and and, and the one geeky guy said, "But what about the other one?" All right, last thing we got: World Series of Poker. You went down, you played a little. Yeah, so World Series of Poker to, to summarize, I don't know why everyone does doesn't do this. So I, I've I've won. I played five sessions. I've won five sessions. Nice. Ta- table actually likes me now. They used to hate me. But they like me because usually someone like figures out who I am. So like they, they, they we 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 talk, we have camaraderie, we talk sports betting. But the um, at least on four of my five tables that happen, um, I short stack. I ruin the game. So I buy in for forty big blinds. I'll play two five. I only buy in for two hundred, and like a guy got sick of me right off the bat because I go all in. Oftentimes, oftentimes I limp with good hands, and then I'd wait for the over aggressive guys to raise a couple callers. Bang, I'm all in. I'm all in. I got ace king. I got nines. It doesn't matter. In the in the right situation, I evaluate whether my, I think my hand's good and I and I shove. You know, so like one guy looks at me and says, "Is that your only move?" I'm like, "Pretty much right now. <laughs> I only got 40 big blinds." So, and this is interesting. So I call him, all right? With I, I get called. I go all in with Jax. He calls me, and the board has a run out with a king on it. It's like, "Mackenzie, what should I be able to beat given that he's called my 38 big blind shove?" And I have Jackson. There's a king on the board. I ace guess queen. ace queen with a with a or tens. Ace, ace queen and tens. That's the only. Those are the only two hands that I can beat any mucks. So I want. I, I'm wondering. He, he maybe has sixes and he thinks I got ace king. You know, which people love to shove with. So, yeah. but once you were all in, he didn't have to show. He's when 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 I go all in. Since I went all in first and he called, I have to show first, and he's allowed to muck if he if he loses. But I got to tell you, even if he went all in and I called him, I always show. I always I flip my hands over before they even the flop, and, and I hate players like this. And I'll, I'll call them out on the table like they don't want to show their hand because oh, it'll give away how they play. So like when I, I consider it a courtesy, like when I'm all in, you know, like a tournament, you know, they flip both hands up. Mm-hmm. So I just flip my hand up, and like I would say, only like a fourth of the players reciprocate. Hmm. It, it, I consider that to be poor sportsmanship. Mackenzie, would you agree? I flip mine over. I'm right with you. Yeah. So oh, what's your overall feel of the venue? Uh, the venue, the food on the Bowie side is terrible, but you can just go to <laughs> – so stay away from the world's – the special room set up, you know, um, and the chicken fingers. Oh, my God. They look like they're three hours old. But, I mean, there's good restaurants and bakeries and things in, in Paris – and in um, in Bowie's, I'm warming up to it because it's right midway between the two. So you can go to either venue to go ahead and get your food and the like. Um, but here's the problem. COVID. Um, now, um, Phil Helm with his COVID. Ugh. And I've, 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 I, I'm looking on Twitter and there's, um, by, by the way, I'm sorry, just housekeeping. Did we find out on, on points per possession? Did we, were we able to find anything on that, Mackenzie? The most points in an NBA possession? I was not able to find that. The Larry Johnson plus one, plus three. I haven't been able to find a similar possession gotcha. on the internet. Gotcha. No worries. Um, but but I'm like, maybe query COVID at, at WSOP because it sure seems like I've read like four tweets from poker players that can't play because they events because they've come down with COVID. So I'm not I'm not going to play anymore. It's like because you've got 10 guys packed at a table, table after table. If that's not a super spreader – 
you know, that, 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 that has Trump rally in San Antonio written all over it with people just packed in against each other, right? Yeah, there are uh, there's several guys. It looks like when you uh, when you Google it, there's several guys who have at least had it early in the uh, in the tournaments or early on in the in the tournaments or have it now. Helmuth is the one that's popping up the most right now because obviously he's uh, he's a a featured player. But yeah, test positive for COVID at WSOP. I mean, listen, poker tables are gross. The player density and everyone's fielding, you know, with the chips and the like. Yeah. And on top of it, the damn poker players, when they bet $200, they got to bet like uh, 40 reds. So they got to like stack all these <laughs> chips up. So you're not just getting one chip, you're getting like 40 licks at the apple, so to speak, you know, when you're when, when all these chips are transferring back and forth. So are you out on the senior tournament now? So I, I played the, uh, I'm not going to play, I'm probably not going to play. It's so good. I played the, I play, oh my God, I played the win senior tournament. Five hundred dollar buy and five fifty, and I, I I was out after three hours. I lost. We talk about coin flips. I lost four races to short stacks. So I went from a good stack to a medium stack to an average stack to a short stack to out by going zero for four bageling. It's difficult with poker players. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, that's you know, tough. The sort of thing where you put in a raise and then the guy shoves and you got some garbage hand hand like a uh, pair of sixes, but. I mean, you're getting two and a half to one on the money, so you, you have to call, and then they flip over ace-jack, and you're just racing. It sounds like uh, the senior tournament that you played in sounded like they're a bunch of guys playing young guy poker. No, no, they the, the, they were all playing old guy poker. Okay. They had it. They had it when they shoved okay. I just I just happened to run into, like, like you know, I where I put in races. I'm aware that they're short, you know, but, like, I mean, they're shoving, like, a guy shoved with twos against me. I, I call with two suited cards, and his twos held up. You know, it's like he, it's the right thing for him to do also. I mean, it's the right thing for both of us to do with the blinds and antes. There's too much money in there. It benefits both of us. But guess what? Only one of us can win. All right. That is going to do it for another episode of the Fezzik Focus Pod. We appreciate you guys listening. As always, please tell your friends. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Listen to all the pods on our feed. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, listen, not everybody's gonna be interested in every pod. We get that, but subscribe and then you know, skip over the ones that you're not interested in, but we appreciate your support. Uh, thanks to Steve. Thanks to McKinsey and thanks to you guys. And we will talk to you later. And Hey, let's do it to them before they do it to us. Mm-hmm.